Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. It's huge. Happy Father's Day, everybody. It's, it's Father's Day. If you're a father here, thank you for doing what you do. I don't know if you're anything like me, um, but I can be hard on myself at times. And uh, I'm okay with attention not being on me. And all of a sudden, there's like Father's Day where it's like, Happy Father's Day. And honestly, my mind goes to how bad of a dad sometimes I am. Don't, like, it's, it's hard to, like, to, to feel good sometimes. Like, man, I just know all my backstage stuff. I know all my stuff that just doesn't seem to make sense. So I know that there's, there's dads here that are kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I have children, or, but I don't know if I'm a good dad. And this, we, or there's other people who's like, man, I've worked through a lot, and I'm finally starting to be a good dad. Or maybe you're like, man, I'm going to be the best dad in the world. Um, and we, we, we are with God's grace. But the thing is, is that we have this saying here at Discovery Church is that we're all imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God. And it's true. We are. We, none, of, none of us are perfect. No, no one in this room is perfect. And, it, and the, the sooner that we come to understand and to know that, that we're not perfect, but there is a God that we can pursue and that we can, uh, to, that we can uh, model our lives after, chances are the further along in our journey will become. So no matter where you're at, even whether or not you're a dad or whether or not you're an individual here, you want to be a dad and you're like, man, I just... Sometimes I feel like I just don't measure up. Guess what? None of us do. So uh, we're right in the middle of our series called Decisions. And it's, it's based around this idea that every decision matters, big or small, and that um, our lives actually are not built upon a few major decisions, but on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little decisions stacked on top of themselves. And today we're actually uh, in our fifth week. This is our longest sermon series yet, but it's a good one. It's going to be seven weeks. There's three more weeks left. It's been great. We've uh, looked at start, stop, stay, go. We're a little bit of a schizophrenia church, but that's okay. We're not really, but it's like, where do you go? It's talking about how we really need to be listening for God's voice. And today we're looking at um, serve. Would you just pray with me for, or just join with me in prayer for a moment as we just ask God to mold our hearts and to soften our, our minds to hear from what he wants to say today. God, we just thank you so much that we can gather on Father's Day for a great experience and uh, opportunity just to connect with you. So Lord, right now as we talk about serve, I let it, let it penetrate our hearts. I believe that this is so close to your heart. Let it connect with ours. In your name, amen. It was 2014 was a summer that I will remember forever. I stepped off a plane with 14 other Canadians, nine who were, where, were from, uh, from Edmonton and, and five who were from Quebec. I remember stepping off the plane and the heat hit me in the face in such a way that when, you, when the heat hit me, it took away my breath. It's kind of like when you open the oven and you're not like you're looking at the turkey or, and you're, you're not expecting the wave of heat to hit you and all of a sudden it hits you. And I remember stepping off the plane and this wave of heat hit me in my face and it, it took my breath away. Now I've been to many countries before and I thought I, my, my heart was prepared for, for this trip. So we, we, we gather our luggage and, and we, we push, we literally push through lots of, many of the locals that were there. We, we throw our luggage into the back of pickup trucks and we climb on top of the luggage and we embark to our base of where we were going to spend the next eight days 
in a humanitarian aid trip in Haiti. Now, like I said, I've, I've been to many other countries for humanitarian aid before, or uh, in, in church world, we would call them mission trips. I've been to Peru and, and Tanzania and Kenya and, and Ukraine, and I've been to a few other places. But, and I thought that this trip would be just like every other one. I've experienced poverty before. But many of the people that were on our trip never experienced poverty before. So we piled into the back of the trucks and we started driving. And uh, we're driving up these dusty roads and bumpy roads. And our drivers are going back and forth. If you've ever traveled in a third world country, you know what I'm talking about. It's like when you turn two-lane highways into four-lane highways. And uh, where you're like having to go through like police checks. And you're like going at something and you're like, where am I going to be safe? And they swear back in. If you've ever traveled in public transit in a third world country, it is insanely fun. And I remember driving, and, and the sights that I was seeing wasn't necessarily really new to me, but I was observing the students that were with me at the time, and some of them serve on our dream team, some of them are parts of other churches, some, most of them are young adults now, and I remember observing their faces, and they were in this, this shock, and I'm kind of like, oh man, this is just, you know, 80% of our world, dusty roads, brick buildings, people running around with no shoes on, it's kind of like, well, what pair of shoes that I decide to wear today. People that, you know, are lucky if they eat three meals a week, let alone three meals a day. And, and we're coming in. And I was like, oh, this is all new to me. And we drop off our luggage and we're waiting for uh, the missionaries that were going to bring us on a tour. And I remember waiting for about an hour and we jumped into their vehicles and we drove to their school and their feeding program and, and we're their uh, medical center. And we hung out there for a bit. And, and, and some people came to take us on a walking tour of the area that we would be serving. And I thought this was going to be normal. And within the next half an hour, my life changed. I remember leaving the base and walking up a dusty street. Cars streaming past us. And we took a right into a, 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 what we would call a cul-de-sac. And we, I thought we were just walking in to turn around and to, to walk back. And all of a sudden, our, the person that was guiding us um, disappeared. And we're like, okay, I guess we'll follow. And he, he he ducked in between two houses, almost like a hole in the wall, and ducked in between two houses. And we started walking off the street, and we started descending in a staircase. And the staircase moved from rocks to, to gravel, and, and the deeper we got, the more I realized that this walk, this tour, is not like anything I've ever experienced before. And we went down 10 feet. 20 feet, 30 feet, to about, to about 40 to 50 feet into the ground in what, what the Haitians called the ravines. Now, we have a beautiful ravine in, in the city of Edmonton. People go running and jogging and bike riding, and we were proud of one of the most beautiful ravines in our world. But this was nothing like it. See, the ravines in Port-au-Prince were actually the infrastructure for storage, or storm runoff and rain runoff and sewage and, and, and feces and their, and their dump. And we, we, we walked down and uh, you, you started smelling stuff. But eventually, very quickly, the smell started to leave you because you were awestruck. You were, you were, you were, I was speechless. And you, if anybody knows me, that's hard. Okay? I was speechless of what I seen. People living in holes in the wall of these ravines. People rummaging through garbage and trying to get a drink, knowing that all this water that was potentially coming through there was actually just urine. 
or a little bit of runoff from a local restaurant. Seven days passed by, and we returned home. Trip over, right? As I was reflecting on the past seven days, I started recalling and started remembering memories of our, our tour guide that as we were walking through the ravine in the moment I never noticed it but as as I was starting to journal and starting to reflect on on my trip I realized that our guide would stop and talk to every kid and and to go into people's little holes in their wall which they they would call their home and he would, he would know everybody by name. And then I realized that we had the privilege of being in a place where we got to serve for seven days. But there were people that get, were giving their lives. Canadians, Americans, Haitians that we met. That were giving their lives to serve some of the poorest people in the Western Hemisphere. Have you ever had the privilege... And I call it a privilege. Sometimes it's like, man, I don't know if it's much of a privilege. I honestly felt like it was a privilege walking in the ravines. Have you ever had the privilege of, of maybe doing a humanitarian aid trip to a country or even serving in the lo- local soup kitchen here in Edmonton? Giving some of your time to, to take your mind off yourself and to invest in a place where there's great need. There's something about it that refuels you. I came back exhausted. Every, every humanitarian aid trip that I, can, I go on, I, I, I've come back exhausted. But there's something in me that says, I want to serve more. And there's something that refuels your soul, even though you're, you're like mentally and physically exhausted. There's something that keeps you striving. And that fuel is literally serving. We're right in the middle of uh, our decision series. Actually, the, the fifth week in out of seven weeks in our decision sh- ster- sh- series, 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 series. That could get really bad very quickly if I keep going with S's in a moment, but I won't. I'll stop. Um, we're right in the middle of our decision series, and every decision that we make shapes the stories that we want to tell about our future. The decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell about ourselves tomorrow. There are decisions that we make every single day that we just make out of routine. We stop at green lights. We don't even think that is a decision, but it is a decision to stop. We make hundreds of decisions every single day, and many of them actually just become routine. Some are big, some are small. Some are good, some are bad. Hopefully the older we get, there are more good decisions because we've eliminated all the bad ones or have learned. And good decisions, honestly, if you look at it, we make lots of good decisions in a day. Out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that we make, we might remember the couple bad ones that we make, but generally we make hundreds of good decisions. Good decisions are relatively easy to make. Our parents taught, taught us how to, to rationally make decisions. But what about there was a more difficult decision to make? And I think the more difficult decision to make is not just a good decision, but the best decision. Because the best decision is very, looks very similar to a good decision because they're both positive. But there are decisions that we make in our lives 
that are better than the good ones. We have a, a value here at Discovery Church that we value excellence. And we say that, we, 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 that good is the enemy of great. And that we don't want to just be good. We want to be great because God deserves our best. And it's kind of the same thing in our decision-making process is that God don't just deserve our good decisions. God deserves our best decisions. And over the past four weeks, we looked at different aspects of decision-making. If you, you weren't here, you can jump back on our line. You can jump on our podcast. And you can listen back to our messages from the last four weeks. But we, we talked about um, initially starting. Whether or not you're starting a new pursuit or you're stopping a bad habit, staying in the midst of a storm or, ta- or taking a step of faith, no matter what decision season we're in in this very moment, No matter where you find yourself, starting, stopping, staying, or going, there are three areas that God always asks us to be in. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at these three areas. And and, and these are the three areas that will always be byproducts of making the best decision, no matter what decision season you're in. So over the next three weeks will be this. We're going to look at serving others. The next week, we're going to talk about connecting to a community. And then three, we're going to talk about trusting him. Like I said, these these three areas will be byproducts, not just of good decisions, but these three areas will be byproducts of making the best decisions. See, God calls us to serve people just like Jesus did. The greatest leader to ever walk the face of the earth was Jesus. And how did he lead? By serving people. He washed people's feet. He, 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 could have, he could have demanded attention. He could have demanded people bow down to him and worship him. But how did he do it? He served. He reached out to the widows and the orphans. He fed the, those that were hungry. He served. So God calls us to serve people. He also created us to be in a relationship and, and to belong to a family. Uh, and I believe that belonging to a church is super important. The, the, the family that we can find, as, as Braden even mentioned it in, in, his, in, his, uh, in his video, to celebrate the good and the bad together. Not only in the good times, but in the struggles as well. Family is there. So connecting to a family of believers. And then no matter what decision season that we're in, no matter what decision we're facing today, no matter what decision comes our way in, in the future we will always be required to trust God. So serve. A few weeks ago, we looked at, uh, ha- we, uh, looked at hashtags. We did six weeks of hashtags, most popular hashtags from 2017. And we, we picked apart each one and looked at how, that would, how those hashtags impact our society. And we looked at a hashtag called me. I don't know if you're here. Again, you can jump online. You can go to our website, mydiscoverychurch.ca. You can go back and listen as well. But we looked at the, this hashtag uh, called, called me, and I was talking to my doctor on Friday, and we were starting to talk about narcissism. And uh, from a doctor's perspective, narcissism is a whole uh, issue in our society, and it is. This, is, is this idea that we're infatuated with ourselves. And if we could all be honest, even... That individual that serves the most, that don't think about themselves, there's always times in our lives that we can be self-centered. By nature, humans, you and I are selfish. If you don't believe me, come to my house. I have a five-year-old and I have a two-year-old. 
Now, before the two-year-old came around two years ago, Hudson, we were, we were okay because we were able to ex- sort of explain stuff. But when Hudson came into the picture, Sophia's favorite word became mine, mine, mine. Honestly, McDonald's, we want, we, Happy Meal, I'm like, hold the toy because I know this is going to create huge issues later. Mine, mine, like, I'm like, this stupid piece of paper, are you kidding? It's my favorite. And she's running after it. It's my favorite. I'm like, there's another one right in the corner. But that one's my favorite. It's mine. Seriously, come to my house for just five minutes, and you will see that humans have a tendency to be selfish. Now, I didn't have to sit down, Sophia, when Hudson came along and say, honey, come, come and sit down. I got something to teach you. Now, this world's a really hard place and, but you know what? You've got to take care of number one. You've got to make sure. Like, I, I didn't have to sit her down and be like, okay, let me teach you how to be selfish. I had a really good, easy job showing her how to be selfish. And we walk through this life and we learn what it is to probably serve others or to be nice to people around us, especially our family. I would hope that, that we have a tendency to want to serve our family. But what about our enemies or the people that we don't like or the people that we think um, they're, they're on the street corner because they just made a few bad decisions? When push comes to shove, though, generally... We look at, when I say we, not just a hundred people that are here, but we as in humans generally look out for number one. Take care of number one because who else will? Me, myself, and I. And not only do we have this, this inner, inner uh, selfishness pulling against us, we also have a culture that's feeding it. They're saying that you deserve it, you're worthy of it, get what you want, enjoy life your way. And guess what? Many times we get it. I go to Earl's restaurant. Anybody like Earl's? One of, one of my favorite. And, uh, but I never order what's on the menu because I know that they will change it if I ask them. So I, I typically go and I get the black and Cajun chicken, and instead of getting the side of potatoes, I get the side of french fries. Instead of getting the side of coleslaw, I get the side of Alfredo, and they're like, awesome, that's great. Very few restaurants do I go into where I actually order something off the menu. Sean Lee's like, yep, that's him. Like, literally, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Why? Because culture tells me that I can. If you look back to the history of uh, fast food, um, one time when you ordered a Big Mac at McDonald's, you got a Big Mac. If you didn't want cheese, you had to scrape it off with a knife and hope that the cheese didn't melt on in time enough. And you got onions and you got pickles and you got, you couldn't ask them to do all, but Burger King, came, Burger King came in and changed all that and said, why should we tell you what you want? You should tell us what you deserve or what you want. And Burger King revolutionized the me, 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 fast food world. World. You deserve it. You're worth it. Get what you want. Enjoy it your way. It's what the world says. It's what the culture says. So if we have these, these inner tensions pulling on us saying, be selfish, be selfish, be about you. But then we have a world that's saying, hey, we're about you. You can have it your way. But according to Jesus, 
This is where it starts getting tough. But it starts refueling us. Jesus says life is not all about us. Culture tells us that it's all about you and that you deserve it. And without, without realizing it, it's unleashed this selfish monster. And it's not only unleashed this selfish monster, but again, by saying that you deserve it and you can have it your way, it, this, 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 the culture is feeding us steroids. And not only do we have this pool on the inside, but there's this outside saying that's completely okay. Have it your way. Do it your way. And the more than ever, and you can look around, and whether or not you, you're, a, you're a believer in, in Jesus or not here today, but there was one time that Canada was a very Christian nation. Our, our anthem was built upon it. There's still like Bible verses and, and parliament and, and our laws and, and regulations in our country was built upon the Bible. And if you look at the history, you, you could see a world that has forgot about God. Whether or not you believe it or not, if there was a God, if there is a God, there's a world around us that is forgetting about God. Because one of the quickest ways to forget about God is to be consumed with self. Matthew 16, 24 and 25, uh, 25 says this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. It's kind of like this oxymoron, right? We try to work and work and work to find our lives and to do more for us and to do more for me. And we feel like the more that we push and the more that we pull and the more that we work hard, we will find our lives. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. Whoever loses their lives will find it. And one of the greatest ways to die to ourself is to serve others. See, we have friends, we have family, we have, we have people, we have husbands and children that are saying, get all you can, it's all about you, but God wants us not to be consumers, but to be contributors. You will walk out through these doors in a few minutes and you'll, you will be bombarded by a culture. And I, and I love our city and I, I love people in our city, but there is a culture that says, fill yourself. God tells you to fill others. God didn't create us to be takers. He created us to be givers. It is greater to give than it is to receive. We're called to focus on the needs of others. God created us to serve because he knew that when we lose ourselves, we will truly find ourselves that's why you can go and, and serve in a soup kitchen and and, and serve in, in a third world and come back and be like man that was the most powerful time of my life and feel this 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 fulfilling fulfilling feeling in our hearts and in our lives. I mean, man, I'm tired. I could sleep for five days. But you would do it all over again in a second. But how many of us do not live in this life of service? 
Even the simple thing is open, open, opening a door, buying somebody water. I go to, I go to a superstore, and we do click and collect in South Edmonton Commons often. And there's this one gentleman, every time he comes out, he brings out a bottle of water. Every time. I'm like, man, thank you so much. He's just serving. He's just serving. I don't know if he's a Christ follower. I don't know if not. But, he, but there's something that's in, it, in his life that says, hey, if I can lighten somebody's day and bring joy to somebody and give some water, maybe I can make a story that lives beyond this moment. The decision to serve, man, we have... Uh, 40 to 50 people on our dream team every single week that show up to set up all this, to, to love on our kids and to serve our kids and to, to be in our parking lot and to be in dream team and, and cafe. And they serve and they, they 7 o'clock, Shane and Marty show up at our, our uh, storage bay at 624. They've got it down, 624. And not once did they be like, I'm done. They show up week after week after week after week. Because they've tapped into something. They've tapped into, if, if I serve, I will be filled. And there's a part of our, our world that I feel like we're trying to just like, trying to get, 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 get. And we're always empty because we're just trying to take. But maybe we would be more fulfilled if we fill others. Being Father's Day and all, uh, this wasn't um, asked of, but I don't get an opportunity to do this very often. There's many people who have made a difference in my life. And uh, if you're on our dream team, you know him, and he's here today. And uh, Ron, I don't get a chance to say this often, and he doesn't know this because he's like, I would have never given you permission. Uh, but Ron is just, just sitting over here and uh, one of the smartest individuals I know as a doctorate has taught youth uh, and taught students and has impacted our country in ways that um, only God knows, literally. There are hundreds if not thousands of people doing what we're doing today because of this man's influence. And I remember graduating from Bible college and wondering what I'm supposed to do. And him and I started dreaming together. He gave me office space. Here's, honestly, I, I, I would turn around for, for a year. I'd be like, I am sharing an office space with Ron Powell. And I'm like pinching myself. And, and here he is. When, when we decided to plant a church, him and his family come and sit around our table and said, we want to go. We want to come with you. We want to serve. And if you show up here at 8, 8.30 every single Sunday, you'll see Ron faithfully setting up our kids' area. Ron, it's Father's Day. I know that you're uh, not my biological dad, but you're definitely a spiritual father to me. And uh, I want to thank you so much. Um, so I, would, you may not all know Ron, but would you stand to your feet and uh, just give Ron... Um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of love. Honestly, here is a gentleman that could be uh, demanding service himself. He could be like, "No, you do it for me. 
but not once have I ever asked him to do something where he's like, no, I'm not doing it. He has caught on to something that I hope that I continue to catch on. He's caught on to something that I hope that you catch on to. That the truly the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself. Because when you serve others, you're serving God. Simple as that. God created us in his image. He loves us so much that he sent his son uh, to to die for for our mess-ups, for our screw-ups. He sent his son. For every single person, every person here, every person that you encounter, God sent his son for us. And when we serve others, we're serving God. And until we stop obsessing over what we want, only then will we truly find what we need. Say that again. When we stop obsessing over what we want, it is in that moment that we will find what we need. So we have a decision to make today. We just spent an hour together at Discovery Church, Southwest Edmonton, 411 McTaggart Drive. It's Father's Day, 2018. Many of you might be going to Celebration Church in an hour to look at their cars, and it's a great event. I'm going. I'm excited to look at cars. Do it. Go hang out. But we have a decision to make today. Do we live just for our 70 or 80 years here on earth? Or do we want our 70 or 80 years here on earth to be way more than just those 70 or 80 years? Do you want your story to go beyond your lifetime? And the greatest way to make your story, your life, go beyond our 70 or 80 years is to serve people. How many people still know Mother Teresa is? Probably all of us. One of the greatest people to ever serve. Not only in our generation, but in history. She looked at every single person as they were Jesus. They would, she would pick people up off the street of Calcutta, India. And, and they, would be, they would have been laying there so long that when she would pick them up, their skin would stay Uh, stay on the sidewalk and she would pick them up and she would say, Jesus, let me bring you home. She caught on to something that losing her life, she will truly find it. A story of our lives can impact generations for years to come, even beyond our moment, but it starts with serving people. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.